Getting In is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word products. Just for being a Getting In listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice by going to www.audible.com slash college. From Slate and Panoply, this is Getting In, a podcast series about the path to college. I'm your host, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Getting In expert Amy Young is back again with me this week. Hi, Amy. Happy New Year! Uh, Thank you. Happy New Year to you, Julie. Thank you so much. As many listeners know, Amy's the director of college counseling at Avenues, an independent school in New York. So here we are, the start of a brand new year, 2016. The start of a new calendar year, but of course, we're halfway through the academic year. And there are a set of students right behind those seniors we've been spending so much time talking about, the juniors, who probably ought to start thinking about something related to college right about now. Am I right, Amy? Indeed. This is exactly the time when juniors should be thinking about their college search and their college applications, specifically start thinking about what their standardized testing plans might be, thinking about prepping for those AP courses or SAT subject tests they might be taking at the end of the year. Also thinking about their course selection for senior year, as that's oftentimes very important, uh, as colleges will be interested in seeing that students continue to challenge themselves as they move into their senior year. And then they will probably start meeting with some college counselors if they're lucky, right, Um, that they will have some people in their schools available to them who can start talking to them and recommending colleges that they might be interested in. And as we tell all of our students, plan on spring break to be college tour time. That's the best time for you to go out and start visiting some of these places and getting a sense of where you're most comfortable and the types of campuses you might be most excited about. You know what? I've got a junior, as I think I've said probably too many times on this podcast. And uh, he and I are going to be trekking out uh, during his spring break. And I got to tell you, I can't wait. I have such fond memories of my junior year. And my mom and I drove from Wisconsin, where I was in high school, all the way around Chicago East. And we visited so many schools along the way and then kind of from New England all the way down to New York. And boy, what a great time that was for me and my mom. But I also know my junior is not thinking about college nearly as much as I am. And I I bet a number of our listener parents are in that circumstance. We know that the heat is starting to get turned up under our juniors, but they may still want to um, not confront that process quite yet. Any any of that going on at Avenues? And if so, what 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 do you say to parents trying to nudge their kids to be slightly more interested as juniors? I think the biggest thing is to get them on a campus, any campus, even if it's one that's just close by. Because once students get on those campuses, hopefully they start getting excited about what is to come. And oftentimes, if students are actively disengaging from the process, it's because they're intimidated by it. It just seems too big and too difficult to wrap their head around. And they feel like it's sort of this logistical hurdle that they can't even begin to think about. Um, But if you can get them there and get them excited and help them start thinking through step by step by step how how they can get there and how they can make good plans, then it starts to feel a little bit more real. It starts to feel a little bit more concrete. And it is a step-by-step process. You are not doing everything in spring of junior year, though it oftentimes feels like it. It's a, it's a very busy, intense time. But just keep reminding students of what they're excited about in terms of going to college. 
That's great advice, Amy. Thanks for that. And it's actually a perfect segue to our first question, which is about those summer options on college campuses, summer options for high school students. My son is a junior at a very competitive high school in San Mateo, California. Recently, he got a letter from Stanford inviting him to apply for their high school summer college. He is also considering applying to Stanford's pre-collegiate summer institute, which would be a more immersive program. And he also has an option of an internship at a company that works in a field that he is strongly considering pursuing in college. My question is, is there a real benefit of college summer programs purely for the purpose of getting into selective colleges? And how do they look to admissions officers compared to internships? Thank you very much for your answers. Best regards, Julia. Amy, I imagine uh, this question is similar to the types of questions you hear at Avenues. What have you got to say to parents and students facing this kind of option and opportunity? This is a great question to be asking right now, as juniors should start thinking also about what they plan to do this summer, because the summer before senior year is a really important time for you to be communicating to colleges what you're interested in and what you're about and what you're exploring. With regard to summer programs on college campuses, you should only be choosing those programs purely for their educational value for your student. There is no value conferred upon a student who happens to go to, since it was mentioned, a summer program at Stanford. They do not look at that and say, oh, this student must be really interested in in attending Stanford. If it is a particularly valuable program because of the programming itself, that can be very helpful to a student who might be interested in diving more deeply in a particular subject matter or what have you. Now, the the one caveat I will say to that is that there are some programs out there that are run by colleges that are very, very selective and very competitive. And those confer value to a student because they have been selected to participate in a highly competitive program. There is an enormous value to be around students who are incredibly talented in pursuing the subjects that are associated with that program. And that that pays dividends on your application wherever you are applying, not to that particular school. And then I'll say one other thing. So there's a sort of a a multi-layered answer here. The one exception to all of this is that I will say if you are applying to or if you are attending a summer program at a college that has something to do with the performing arts where there might be an audition involved or something like that, it can be to your advantage to attend that program at that particular school because oftentimes the instructors and professors in that program are affiliated with that school and it can be to your advantage to actually get to know them because they are going to be the people who might be inviting you back for an audition audition or reviewing a portfolio. So that is sort of the one exception to all of this, is if it's something to do with the performing arts or the arts, it may be to your advantage to choose that particular summer program very carefully. Nice. Yeah, you know, I think this just circles back to one of these big themes that we've been uh, hitting since the beginning, which is it's never about doing something purely for the purpose of getting into college. It's about which of these options and opportunities is aligned with your interests, which will further and strengthen and deepen you know, your own knowledge in a particular field, which is consistent with your narrative, the life you've lived and who you are constructing yourself to be. So you know, don't choose any of it solely for the purpose of getting in. I mean, essentially, if you do, if you go that route, if you say, I have to do this summer thing because it's at such and such a school, and who can turn that down? 
you know, when it comes time to writing about that thing, if you weren't doing it because it was in furtherance of your own interests or what you know to be true about yourself, you're not going to be able to write about it very compellingly in an essay for that college or any other college because it's just not aligned enough with who you are. So, you know, the fallback point is always go with what is, you know, consistent with what you know to be true of yourself, your own interests, whatever they are. Do that stuff. Do it well. Write about it well. That's what makes for a strong college application. Absolutely. And I'll just I'll, I'll add a crasser answer to that, which is keep in mind that these colleges run these programs for high school students because they want to fill their dorms over the summer. So these are often cash cows for them. They want these kids on their campus paying what is oftentimes some really extraordinary tuition. Um, and I only say that because they know that, too, in the admission office, is that if you are able to participate in one of these programs, you are oftentimes able to afford the tuition costs. So you should not feel at a disadvantage if you aren't able to send your student to one of these programs. Wow. Okay. Thanks for that reality check, Amy. And now we've got a voicemail from a teacher in New Jersey. Hi, my name is Lori. I am a AP history teacher in New Jersey at a pretty prestigious suburban high school. I've been teaching AP history for almost 20 years now, and my advice to students has always been to take the AP exam. Um, but that's changed over the last couple of years because now we have open enrollment in AP, and students have been um, often uh, encouraged to take AP over the fact that maybe they weren't recommended by teachers and their parents sometimes have waved them in. I don't really care about my scores. Um, being lower than they were, but I'm wondering, am I doing a disservice to the students if I'm continuing to tell students to take the AP history test and then they don't do well on it? I know that they probably don't need to send the scores to colleges, but I'm wondering, do colleges look and see, oh, a kid took an AP class but didn't take the exam or didn't send us the scores? Is that a red flag? Thank you. All right, Amy, a question I'm sure on many people's minds. What do you think? So I think that depends a lot on the college and whether or not they are interested in seeing AP scores. There are many colleges that will say, okay, this student took the most rigorous course, and that's something that we respect and honor, and we admire the student for trying to do that. Some of the schools that are more test-driven in their admission evaluation may really want to see some of those AP scores. In terms of recommending students to take it, I guess you could probably argue this a few different ways. There is probably value for sitting for standardized tests, as you will probably take some of those depending upon the college that you go to. And practice taking standardized tests is good for taking more standardized tests. But this teacher is correct that students do not need to reveal their scores in their college applications. That is completely voluntary, and they self-report it. So they only need to send the test scores that they are interested in sharing. My thought about whether or not to take the test is that if you are a responsible student, you're taking that test seriously. And I'm more concerned with a student who has genuinely invested time and tried to do well in a course, but because, as his teacher has explained, they're sort of put in that course when maybe they shouldn't be there. And I wouldn't want a student to really invest themselves in prepping for the test. It's one thing to try to do well in the course and invest yourself in the course and do well there. It's another thing to spend a lot of time 
Investing yourself in prepping for an exam if a teacher knows you're not going to do well on it. In those cases, I'd probably rather have that student do some more enriching thing rather than than prep for a standardized test. But that probably also has a lot to do with the culture of the school. You know, I always think it's it's sad when students get moved into those AP courses even when people know that they can't succeed because they are quite rigorous. But every school has different reasons for doing that. Okay, Amy. A complex answer to a complicated question. Well, that's it for today. From all of us at Getting In, we hope you have a healthy and happy 2016. Amy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Julie. And thanks to all of our listeners for these wonderful questions. We do love hearing from you. You can find us on Twitter at GettingInPod. That's all one word, GettingInPod. Or send an email or voice memo to our email address. That's gettingin at slate.com. And there's always our hotline where you can leave a voicemail. That number is 929-999-4353. And please do leave us a comment on iTunes if you can. It helps other people discover our show. Getting In is a production of Slate and Panoply Media. Michelle Siegel is our producer. Production help from Barry Finkel. Our executive producer is Laura Mayer. And Panoply's chief content officer is Andy Bowers. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Julie Lithcott-Hames. And remember, it's not just about getting in. It's about finding the right fit. Getting In is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible has more than 180,000 audiobooks. You can download them and access them on a bunch of different devices, on iPhones, Android, Kindle, or pretty much any other MP3 player. One book to try out from Audible is The Art of Memoir by Mary Carr. Combining her expertise as a writing professor, therapy patient, and recovered alcoholic, Carr provides a window into the mechanics, insight, and irreverence of memoir writing. If you want to listen to The Art of Memoir or many other books, Audible has it. With more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word products, you'll find what you're looking for. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at www.audible.com college. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com college. And use the promo code college.